Skirt Talk Podcast. We're here. We're here. We're going to take a couple takes. We're here. A couple takes. We take a couple takes and everything. Actually, we we actually record this podcast three different times. We do three different takes. Yeah. And, and then, then I edit it for the absolute optimal audio listening experience. Boy, I'm certainly not just posting the one. I'm, I'm cutting up all three. Correct. To tell the best story. Yeah, yeah. And, and when, when I tell a story, I'll, I'll put notes in there for you. Sure. When you edit it. Alex, actually, I liked how I said it this way on this cut, but on cut three, I really nailed the punchline. Yeah. And that's how it becomes such a quality podcast. I'm the last. <laughs> I was sexy about it, and I thought it'd be funny just to let it be in the world. Um, on the video version of this past week, Dirt Talk Monday edition, when you were talking about the book and you kind of, oh man, I really wish I had that book with me. I'll go get it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to cut it. So I ask a question about the book and you say, actually, I've got it right here. Mm-hmm. But I left, I left in <laughs> me saying it would be a good idea for you to have the book. And uh, then me saying, yeah, yeah. Just, just say that like, oh, I've got the book right here. <laughs> it was so stupid and it made me laugh, but I feel like it was very on brand. So I left it. Good. Good. Just I, me. I, um, yeah, I, sometimes I'll be listening to the to the podcast just to, again, as I like to do, see how I can improve, mm-hmm. and there'll be some sort of error, and I'll have to think: Did he mean to leave that in, or was that an accidental error? Nine times out of ten, it's probably it's an error that is intentionally kept in. I mean, like, just for the sake of like, you know. We have 150 of these podcasts out in the world. Like, I guess the odds are good that there's occasionally going to be a cut error or something like that. But I try to edit with a pretty fine tooth comb when I'm going through. It's like, did did that take away um, from what we're trying to say? Then I'll remove it. But if it's like that, makes it seem natural or normal or like a conversation, like we're having fun or whatever. Like, if it's a if if it's this episode, if it's a normal 40 minute episode, how many minutes will you cut out of 40? (laughs) Mm, I mean, maybe three, maybe two. I mean, it just not a lot, honestly. Really? Probably even less than that. We just go off on a stupid tangent for too long, like monster I, w- I will cut up. I will cut out chunks on occasion. Yeah, a lot of it happens at the beginning, is because you know we're usually just talking about something. We're, yeah, we're shooting the poop. Getting and so out. yeah, so once we kind of get to like a thread that we're going to be able to start the podcast with, mm-hmm. I'll start it there. But most of the time that I get rid of is from the beginning. So you, will you start this podcast right here? Welcome to the Dirt Talk Podcast, everybody. Welcome to the Dirt Talk Podcast. <laughs> Look, there's, there's no behind-the-scenes content here. We're just here. We're starting the podcast yeah. right here. Yeah, we're happy to be here with everybody today. We're recording this on Monday. It's a Monday episode. Mm-hmm. How appropriate is that? You know, it's like we planned for this. You know, you have so much flexibility. You're really in town all week, every week. You know, your, your main thing that you focus on is being in town for this podcast. If I was a, uh, yeah, if I was a full-time podcast host, this job would be a lot simpler. Sure. Your job would be a lot simpler. <laughs> yeah, let's be My fair. job's the same every time. My job would be way up. more simple. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a percentage of my job that's like, Aaron is busier than anybody we talk to. So I need to solve that. And then we'll get people on the podcast. Well, and I'll, be, I'll be talking. I don't, I, don't, I don't do anybody any favors either. I'll, I'll be talking to someone. Hey, can you come on the podcast? Oh yeah, when when just let me know. I'm, I, anytime, like just come on anytime. Yeah, he's I'm, lying I'm when he so says that. Flexible. To you. <laughs> it's you. Just tell me when, and we'll make it happen. Yeah, you are uh, speaking out of turn. Um, 
but we figure it out, you know, it sometimes goes better than other times, but that's okay. Um, I, what I will say that I think, um, bringing this like video experience to, to this, I think was a great call. Um, I'm having a lot of fun doing it and yeah. getting it, getting to watch and be like, okay, there are some things that like we're doing that would probably get lost if you're just like listening in the car. Yes. And they're like, we're, we're starting to get real views. Cause um, we're so, we're so animated. Yeah. That's talking. the thing, man. You're, re- we're jumping around. We actually have handheld mics. If you're not, if you're not watching mm-hmm. this, we're just listening. We have handheld mics. And it's, some people do that on podcasts. Really? Yeah. Oh yeah. They'll, they'll, they'll hold it. Oh yeah. Yeah. I've seen some of those. Like they're, mm-hmm. they'll be sitting in a room. We could do that. Like there's a, a possibility. There's a format to this that would work if we had to do it. I, uh, I did it one time with Brett Baker at Rosso okay. in the pickup truck. Sure. With the mobile recorder and two SM58 microphones. Mm-hmm. Which is the gold standard. That is the, if you've ever seen somebody sing in a concert, that's the microphone they That's sing it. In. Yeah. It's amazing how dominant they are mm-hmm. in that space. And the ones that we use are basically like the uh, fancy version of that, but they do the exact same thing. It's just like a little bit better. Yes. And it looks great. Yes. And it, yeah, it looks more professional. It does, I'm, man. I'm podcasting right now. Um, but, but it worked out great. It was, it just got, after an hour of holding a microphone, sitting in a pickup truck. It's a lot. It, it got a little old. Mm-hmm. And then you have, to, you have to worry too, because you don't, when we were talking, we didn't have headphones in. And that was another problem. So you're, you're assuming your voice is constant while you're talking. Because to you it is. That's how you hear it. Your mouth is always the same distance <laughs> yeah, from your ear. Exactly. But if you're moving the microphone, it starts to become quieter or louder. And so you can't quite control the volume of the audio like it is right now. Mm-hmm. And then when you're listening to it, it's super frustrating when it gets... It gets quieter like this, and I'm talking away from it, and you have to turn up your damn phone to listen to it. Yeah, so y'all, welcome to Podcast Talk, the podcast where we talk about podcasts. <laughs> well, I, f- I feel like we talk a lot about making the podcast on the podcast, which is, I've learned this term, meta. It is meta, yeah. And, but I think that's a lot of, um, it's a lot of what we have going on because we are, we're not just... We're, we're making things up as we go. Mm-hmm. We're not experts at really anything. So we're, we're learning, we're trying new things, we're seeing how it goes. And this is, uh, we bring you along the journey with us. I think it's a great point. Um, you know, I think one thing that Build It has going for us is we try to like make everything we're doing like seem accessible. Yeah. But like it, you know, starting a business or um, growing a team or like developing the people who work for you or starting a podcast or whatever, that those are not like reserved for a certain type or kind of people. Like those are all accessible things. Like wherever you are, like if you want to start a podcast, guess what? You can do it and it can be pretty cheap and you can, you know, if you want to talk about something, great, do it. Like there's always ways to do it. That's what I did. Yeah. I spent 500 bucks on equipment and, press the record button and made a podcast. Do you have your first camera like that you bought like to shoot? So I don't have it, but my friend has it. Oh, interesting. He's in Africa right now. He's in Kenya for a year. Kevin, my friend, Kevin. And I, a few months ago, I said, Kevin, I want that camera. I, I gave it to him and I said, I'll give you a nicer camera. I just want that original camera. 
And so it's an A7R2 Sony. And it was the one that I left on the, on the roof of the car. Yeah, And yeah, drove yeah. off and smashed the hell out of it. Sent it in. They, they repaired it. Wow. And it's still working just fine. And I told him, I don't even care if you break it or anything. I just, I just want it. Sure. Because I feel like I'll want it at some point. It's I don't an necessarily important piece care of about your it right history. Now. Yeah. Yeah. But I think it'll be, I think it'll be valuable to have one day. So I'm hopefully. That you could sell an auction or like valuable for you to have one day? No, not sell it on. <laughs> who the hell's going to pay anything you, for that? There's going to be a great aftermarket for BuildWit artifacts. <laughs> uh, yikes. <laughs> um, my ego is big, but not that big. Sure. I, but yes, it would be cool to have. So hopefully if all goes well, when he returns from Africa, we will exchange cameras. I will give him a nicer camera. He will give me a shittier camera. Sure. So friends are four. It's a fair trade. Um, Here's my trade offer. There you go. <laughs> uh, you, so we weirdly get uh, a number. I won't even say weird, but it is, is fascinating that we get a lot of questions about photography in this world like enough to where like it's more than two or three every time so here's where my mind goes every time i get a photography question i i legitimately and i'm not joking i ask myself why are they asking me (laughs) a question on photography (laughs) because there are so many good places you can learn from and yet you come to to me and i the problem is I don't, I don't really know how to explain what I do. It's just the result of doing something at this point, hundreds of thousands of times and, and hundreds and, and photographing thousands of pieces of equipment on hundreds and probably thousands of job sites at this point. And you just develop some way of doing something. You do it so many times. This is just, it's so natural to you. Yeah. That if it's how to teach somebody how to do this or how to explain it, I don't, I don't know. And, and then I'm not even, I don't, I'm not that stoked on photography. So I'm really not the best ambassador like, for I it. I cannot wait to talk about those lenses that are just about to come out. Yeah. Or, or, yeah what lenses, what camera, what's that? I'm a, I, I don't, dude, I don't know. I have, I have two lenses that I really like and I've tried out 15 of them. And these are the two that I like, but you might like other ones. So try out the 15 and see which ones you like. Well, yeah, it's like we, we've hired um, people to come on. It's like, we need you to take photos on these job sites in the way that you had started taking them. And obviously you've moved yourself out of that a good bit, but it's not like, here's the lenses Aaron uses. These are the build with photography kit. Yes. Like it's more just like the, these are the stories we need to be telling. And like, you need to be, uh, need to understand like how we're doing this. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's and that said, like we hired people like, from the dirt world to get better photography to do that kind of stuff too. And then, I mean, video is much larger than photography yeah. is nowadays anyway. And I don't touch video. Mm-mm. Angel and I were looking at cameras the other day. We were in a camera store and I, I think I made the comment to him. In Saudi Arabia? Or yeah. In uh, this was in Dubai. Yeah. We were in the Dubai mall. And mm-hmm. so there's 50 camera stores in the Dubai <laughs> <Yeah>. mall. <laughs> you can, you can, Get all your camera needs met. And you can go to a Texas Roadhouse, turns out. <laughs> and a Red Lobster. I'm, I can't tell you how hilarious I found the fact that you're like staring at the Burj Khalifa. You turn. And Texas Texas. Roadhouse. No, no, no. So you, you have, you have, you, you turn Apple, Nike, Red Lobster, Texas Roadhouse, 
Five Guys, Starbucks. Oh my gosh. It's, it's like you're standing in New York. They didn't show any of that stuff in Mission Impossible 4 Ghost Protocol. That's for sure. Well, I, I didn't know that. Yeah, apparently it was there. I feel like I've seen that movie too, but yeah. I just forget the Tom part. Tom Cruise that, climbs that building. That's what I was told. <laughs> yeah. And he must have actually done it. He did. Not the whole thing, but from like, you know, the 70th floor to the 90th floor or something like that. But anyway, anyway, I told, I told Angel, I wish I was more into cameras because I would appreciate this stuff more, but I'm just not. Was he, because he, he loves the gear stuff. Was he pumped, super into it? That? Most everybody that uses it all day long is super into it. I'm just, I'm not. I'm into the bulldozer. I'm pointing the camera at. I'm not into the camera. That's a funny point. Um, I actually can relate to that uh, from like a, the audio, like music stuff. I have like lots of friends who are like very into the gear, like the, the in the weeds, like specifics of like all the gear and training out all the time. And I'm like, well, I just kind of want to be able to like make the stuff I want to make and I'm able to do what I want to do. Yeah. And so like, it's funny that I can relate to that with you too. And I'm sure that there's like a version of that, like in the dirt world where people are like, you know, they, there are people who are like obsessed with equipment who are like, you know, I got to have this this new, you know, mini X or whatever that's coming out or whatever it is. And then I'm sure there are other people like, well, I just get what we need. And then that's... Well, it's just, to me, a camera is a tool. It's yeah. nothing more than a tool. Mm -hmm. So I use it to create my work. If it breaks, I go get another one. I'm not worried about it. It's just, it's just a tool. It's a disposable tool for me. Yeah. And okay, yeah, uh, we shoot on a $4,000 camera. But it's not that much money for us because it's, our, it, it, it's how we feed the company a lot. Of, and so... Yeah. It's sure a four thousand dollar camera to a hobbyist. Oh, they, they ask how much is the camera? I'm like, I don't know, like four or five grand. Whoa, that's a lot of money. Okay, you're you're and, and it'll be a guy that just got out of a half million dollar bulldozer. I'm like, dude, <laughs> dude. <laughs> come on. But so there's some people in the dirt world to bring it back to dirt talk. Yeah, yeah. Some people they're very caring about their equipment, and there's a school of thought that you really take care of equipment, and it takes care of you, and you want to be careful with it and sure. thoughtful with it, and maintain it in a very certain way. And then there's other people that are, it's a tool and I'm going to bid accordingly. I'm going to use the hell out of this thing. I'm going to discard it. I'm going to get another one and I'm going to do it all over again. Like when we were in uh, Saudi Arabia the other day, um, uh, we were on a job site in which it was just straight sand, just straight sand. And a lot of people commented, oh man, that's, that's, you know, terrible for the undercarriage, terrible for the, for the, the, the bearings and whatever it is. And you're like, yeah, okay. True. But also that doesn't matter. It's just, they're using it to do a job and maybe it eats the whole undercarriage. Okay. They're going to put the money in the job for that and then throw the thing out and go buy another one for the next job. That's just how it works. Or <laughs> how the, are they going to do <laughs> Like the marine I'm construction guys, like the dozers, they just get rotted yeah. because they're working in the salt water. But they just bid the job for that because there's no other way to do it. Mm -hmm. Sorry, no, no, no. Our, our equipment program, we just can't do this job because our equipment program, we need to keep everything perfect and this and that. It's just, there's different schools of thought on how to utilize equipment. Everybody does it differently. There's not, there's, there's not like this one equipment program that's the gold standard. It mm -hmm. doesn't work that way. And one equipment program that's the gold standard in one region is worth You're absolutely right. nothing in yeah, another region. we talked about that before too. That's the other thing. It just, I don't know. You've, you've certainly talked a lot about how you, you know, you'll get comments like, well, you know, what about this piece of machinery instead here? It's like, okay, fine. Like that, that's, that's not really part of the conversation. I love that people commented 
um, sand is bad for this equipment. When you're in the Middle East, a lot of sand out there. And what we, a lot of desert. What are they going to do? Yeah. They're going to move the, move the sand before they get to the soil. There's not like great, like dirt everywhere. You know, like it, it is a lot of sand or there's it's no, mixed there's in. There's no dirt. It's like, just sand. It's just how it is. Yeah. It's, that's kind of funny to me. So you just, you just bid the work accordingly. Yeah. Okay, great. My dozer undercarriages are going to get eaten up. Check. Sure. Caterpillar. Hey, I'm going to need more dozers in 12 months because these ones are going to get eaten up. Okay, cool. We'll send them to you. Happily sell them for you. Oh, yeah. It's not like I'm, my feelings are hurt every time I have to buy new tires. Like, well, driving on roads is bad for your tires. They get warmed down. It's like, yeah. It's true. Or some people like to go off-road. Off-road beats the shit out of your vehicle. Why do you go off-road? There's no point to it whatsoever. Yeah. Because <laughs> like, I want to? <laughs> yeah. Because nah. you want to and it beats the hell out of, your, out of your equipment and you incur more ownership costs. But that's okay. You just spend the money on it. Yeah. Well, the, the, the last thing I'm thinking of is because I love making jokes here is, you know, it's really better for your shoes if you just walk. Mm-hmm. It's not, you're kind of hard on your shoes when you run. But I go through what? a lot of shoes. You've budgeted into your life. I want to have good running shoes. And when they start not being good for running, you don't run them anymore and you get new shoes. And then there's multiple schools of thought there was sometimes, I ah, know I can run a thousand miles on the same pair of shoes. Other people are. I'm not running more than 300 miles on pairs of shoes and they're just throwing them out left and right. Whereas, and then, and then the guy that wears them out at a thousand miles is using them to mow his lawn to, to keep getting more and more out. It's just, and, and which one is right? They're both right. Yeah, whatever I, you I, like to do. I don't know. How, why am I supposed to say this guy's using his shoes wrong? It's like, if it's <laughs> their bulldozer, they can use it however the hell they want to use it. There's no right or wrong way to use it. You saw some, uh, Pretty unbelievable job sites when you were out there. Crazy. Like some of the some coolest huge, sites I've ever seen in my life. Really, really different, unique looking. Pretty cool. It was a really, really cool trip. Mm-hmm. Really cool trip. Yeah. I mean, it would take a long time to actually explain everything we saw. But what what it's it, it's like we it's like we saw Dubai. 30 years ago before it's Dubai. And that's what they're doing is the Middle East is famous for oil, of course. Yeah. So they discovered it there 70, 80 years ago. I don't know when it was. Before that, there was nothing in the Middle East. It was just a desert. Yeah. They discover a lot of oil in the, in the, in the Middle East. And these nations become very, very wealthy. And, they, and, and the world has, has only become more and more dependent on oil. OPEC, Organization of Petroleum Exporting Countries, that's formed. Saudi Arabia is Aramco, which is the, the Saudi oil company. They just have one oil company. Yeah. And Aramco somewhat calls the shots at OPEC. And OPEC somewhat calls the shots of the global oil market. And sure, you have the pesky United States and us, yeah. the, the damn fracking companies screwing with that. And sure, you have Russia. And it, it's a very complex landscape. And I'm simplifying it substantially, yeah. but Saudi Aramco is a big deal. So you have Dubai and what Dubai did was they took their oil money and they said, we're going to diversify because oil fluctuates. And so when it's good, it's really good. When it's not good, it's really not good. Mm-hmm. And we need to stabilize our economy and attract foreign investment. So they took the oil money, invested it into this economy, into this country to specifically attract foreign investment and attract other industries, the financial industry, the real estate industry, 
the tech industry, the tourism industry, and made it an even wealthier place. Because not only did they have the oil money, but now they had the world's money in one location. Yeah. Which dramatically, obviously, if anybody has heard of Dubai, you know that it's a very wealthy place now. Saudi is doing that same thing, but they have a lot more oil and it's a much bigger country. Yeah, it's just bigger in general. And so you've, you've, had, you've had this king for quite a while. His son, the crown prince, has come in over the past few years and has started to take a lot of that money they create from the sale of oil to the open market and is deliberately investing it into unbelievable infrastructure to attract the next generation of foreign investment in the Middle East. And so they're building entire brand new cities in the middle of nowhere, yeah. in the middle of the desert. New cities. We went to one, it's supposedly supposed to be six times the size of New York City. In the desert. Right now, they have a few thousand machines out there. They're going to be moving over 400 million yards of dirt on this one site that we went to. Jeez. They're going to soon have 20,000 machines on this job. Holy cow. 20,000 machines leveling entire mountains to build brand new cities from scratch. And these aren't just cities. These are going to be, again, they don't, they don't exist yet, but they're said to be the most technically advanced cities ever created. And you go over there and see the, the seriousness of investment infrastructure because that, that's the importance of infrastructure. Nothing else happens in an economy without infrastructure. So, okay, Saudi wants to go diversify their entire economy and make their economy extraordinarily powerful and not just the Middle East, but on the world stage. Sure. How do you do that? You go start moving dirt. You go start laying pipe. You go start pouring concrete, laying asphalt, putting buildings up. It starts with infrastructure, 5G network, you know, uh, cell network, Wi-Fi, uh, fiber. All of that needs to be, in, be created before anything else happens. Yeah. So to be able to see the first stages of that unfolding is remarkable. And the scale of it is so far past anything I've ever seen in the United States by just many times, many, 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 many times over. Well, what's tough, like from like an American perspective is, you know, any sort of like large scale um, development in that way that we're doing here in America, it's still like tying into a, a larger city or a larger grid that's like already built. They're basically building the whole thing from scratch. Just from scratch. It's just like, here's a blank piece of paper. We need to make a technologically advanced city. Let's do it. And like, that's the work. And so that's really cool to see. It's, it's, it, it, it was unbelievable. Yeah. I, I just don't know how to, I can't adequately explain it yeah. because it was just so ridiculous to see hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of excavators all with hammers on them in the middle of the desert, just going to work, breaking rocks up left and right. You're just thinking like, what the hell is going on right now? What are they building? They're building a whole new city. And in the, dude, the infrastructure out there that they're creating, like the United States has to get our shit, we have to get our shit together. The, the quality of infrastructure they're building is so far beyond, we're, get, we're being lapped by yeah. a lot of the parts of the world right now. We're being lapped. And this whole infrastructure bill, it's a fucking joke that we just passed. Total fucking joke. Total joke. I mean, we need something like 
the interstate system, like as something something as significant as the programs that that like like a you know like a World War II as terrible as it was was great for the U.S. economy and for infrastructure and building and, and creating new things physically in the United States to support the the war. We just you go to our big cities like a Chicago or a New York City or a San Francisco, and then you go to a Dubai. It's not comparable. Yeah, it's not comparable. Not even close. It's just not. And, and that is the foundation of any economy, is the quality of infrastructure. And we're just not keeping pace with what I've seen where, where the rest of the world's at. Even like when I was in China, you know, you, you just get on a high-speed high speed rail in China and you can go to any city in the country like, like that, 250 miles an hour through the countryside. No problem. You don't need to get on a plane. You just get on a high-speed train and it works flawlessly every single time. In the United States, good luck. We just dropped a hundred billion dollars on a partially completed high-speed rail project in California. That, in my opinion, is not worth very much. Yeah. Well, it's it's funny the the high-speed rail thing. I think seems to get traction a lot um, in the news, and like has like a does seem to have a lot of people that you know are in favor of it. It's like, oh, that would really that would be awesome. And it just like always gets stalled because like there are other interests at play. And what that means is that like nothing happens. No, and so many people are playing these games and it's going to screw everybody. Mm-hmm. It's, it, I'm, the quality of an economy is, is based on the quality of our infrastructure. The quality of our infrastructure is, is on average garbage yeah. and is not being ser- significantly improved right now. Is not being significantly improved. And this, this, this infrastructure bill, it was just... It was, it's smoke and mirrors. It's really, it's a very, very small piece of the puzzle and is not, I mean, Saudi in this one, one place they're putting in, it's in this, in this one city, shit, I don't even know how much it was, but it's like $500 billion into this one city. Yeah. $500 billion of investment. China is spending trillions of dollars on their infrastructure network. Trillions. Trillions and trillions and trillions and trillions. And we're over here saying, yeah, well, you can let's create this massive infrastructure bill that's going to change everything. That ends up not being very much money. And nobody's Most, happy with it. Nobody's happy with it. Most of it gets thrown away in all sorts of regulations. And there's all, these red, all this red tape to go build, build anything nowadays. And then, okay, cool. We'll, we'll have this money earmarked for this project that might happen in 15 years. It's just, yeah. It's, um, I really hope it goes in a different direction because that, It's no joke. It's no joke. Mm-hmm. And, and especially seeing what other countries are doing and seeing where the rest of the world's at and then coming back. I'm, I'm the US. I am so thankful that I was born and raised here and I live here. Remarkable, remarkable country. Yeah. But we're being lapped by the rest of the world in the form of infrastructure. And if they're lapping us in the form of infrastructure, what comes after that? Innovation, yeah. economy, financial well being, everything. Yeah, imagine once people start moving into there. So yeah, it was it was super cool to see that, and then it was also a wake up like, whoa, the United States needs to figure stuff out from a from an investment infrastructure standpoint mm-hmm. because we're not taking this seriously right now. Yeah, and we're slapping band aids on shit left and right, left and right, left and right. So yeah, there are some big projects going on, but it, a lot of it's just it's really just a bunch of band aids. Agreed. So. Oh, anyway, all in all, I could, I, 
I can probably talk about it yeah. the next three months. Sure. It's not worth going into it in detail, but that is like one of the big takeaways. Pretty rad super, trip. Super, super impressive. The other thing that's really sticking out to me about that trip is that um, you were in a car that ran out of gas and all of a sudden you found a water jug full of gas on the side of the road. They called ahead because they knew they were going to run out of gas. <laughs> so they called someone they, they work with in town. Hilarious. Who drove out of town with some gasoline mm-hmm. and in a clever manner, we filled it up, filled up our sure. pickup truck with gas. Whatever you got to do. On the side of the, Keep the, moving. the highway and then we made it to our flight no problem. Uh, y'all spent plenty of time on planes, like, I mean, a lot of driving, I guess, just to get out to all those sites. Like, those are pretty far out. I added it up. In the week, we probably did 120 hours of traveling. Oof. Between flying and driving. Yeah. Because we had nine flights. And, like, my flight yesterday, or I guess the day before, technically now, was, it was a 16-hour flight. And that was... That was two of three flights, 16 hours. So it's, it's a haul just to get over there. Yeah. Because you're on the other side of the world. I mean, that's, that's one of the longer flights in the world now. 16? Mm-hmm. Yeah, 16 is, you're approaching yeah. as long as it gets. I know you can do New York to Tokyo now. I think you can do New York to Australia too, Ooh. which is, I think that might be the longest in the world. My wife did Atlanta to uh, Johannesburg. Maybe it was Cape Town. Direct. Yeah, that's and that was like 19. And I think, at the, I think at the time, that was one of the, and that was like, you know, five years ago. So I think that at the time, that was one of the longest, but they've added a couple. But yeah, that's, I didn't know that they did, would do direct from there too. Well, we did, it was Doha to Chicago. Doha, Qatar. That's Chicago. a long, that's a long flight, dog. But you can fly direct uh, LAX to Jeddah, Saudi Arabia. Can you really? Mm-hmm. Ooh. But we flew JFK to Jeddah. Sure. Cut down the time, you know. Yeah, and the airport in Jeddah, it's brand new and it's absolutely it's like, gorgeous. Cool. Yeah. Way, way different than the last one. The last one was just pandemonium. Did you, f- you flew into Jeddah last time? Yes. Okay. Yeah, but it was the new airport had just opened for some flights, but other flights was the old airport. It was just chaos. You walk in and it's just this like small room where everybody's at. And there's just, people everywhere and you don't know what the hell is going on. Yeah. But then this one is, it's not like twice as good. It's 10 times as nice as the yeah. last one. Wow. Yeah. That's cool. It's all, des- everything out there is designed by Western firms too. So it's all like Bechtel signs were everywhere. Yeah. Bechtel has been there for decades. AECOM, Parsons, all the big engineering and construction firms globally from the United States and from other Western countries are out in the Middle East. Playing a part. Yeah. Cool. Now uh, we've got a couple questions for the old Monday Dirt Talk edition. Right. Okay, here we go. All right, I got a question from Tanner. He says, Why all the shade being thrown at link belt excavators these days? I hate a reasonable purchase price, low cost of ownership, and mechanical reliability too. It's just like the 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 industry has been dominated by a few different brands. And if you go outside of that, it's like, why the hell would you do that? I've actually not heard anything bad about link belts. It's really just the service standpoint. Like personally, I wouldn't buy one with buy one where I'm at. I'm going to answer this in a, like a, a bigger sense. I think it's just, 
if you go outside of what's traditionally worked in the industry, everybody is prone to criticize whatever that different thing you're doing is. Yeah. Because, well, why would you do it that way? This has worked for so long. Why the hell would you go buy a link belt if you can just buy a Caterpillar or a John Deere or Hitachi or a Komatsu or a Volvo? Those all work just fine. And are those kind of five that you just mentioned typically like the, the top five most used like brands? Yeah. In the United States. Yeah. I mean, Caterpillar is by a long shot. Yeah. Still the leader. Well, yeah. I mean, you can stop like anybody on the street and be like, name a brand of, you know, equipment. And yeah. that's like the only one they probably have ever seen. I, I, frankly, I have never heard, I haven't heard very many bad things about link belts, but they're just not that common. Yeah. Um, and so I feel like if someone uses one, it's, it's just out of the ordinary. So I'm going to talk shit about it. True. When, and a lot of these people, they talk shit about stuff. They've probably never run a link belt in their life. Yeah. And they're going to sit there and talk shit about it all day long because that's just what they do. That's just how it is. And you know, we've all been guilty about it every once in a while. But it's the same thing uh, with really anything that's untraditional in the industry. People like to just go criticize it because it's outside of the status quo. Yeah. Okay. That's how it is. I mean, if link belt's working for you, link belt's working for you. Cool. Like I said, I mean, equipment for a lot of people, all it is is just a tool. So if a link belt excavator digs like a cat, cool. I don't need the don't need the others. I can just buy a link belt if I'm getting a good price. I have a good dealer. They're taking care of me. It, it does what it's supposed to do. It does what it's supposed to do. It's good on fuel. Why do I need to go elsewhere when I have what I need right here? Yeah. Great point. And honestly, machines these days are not that different. They're really not. Yeah. You can go buy a link belt. You can go buy a cat. You can buy a Komatsu, Deer. Hitachi, Volvo, you can line them all up. You can do some digging with them. They're all pretty much the same. That's pretty- in the, especially in the first few thousand hours. Sure. Sometimes yeah. some machines start to get a little wiggly after a few thousand hours. But within a few thousand hours, they do the exact same thing. They all have the same features. They'll burn just about the same fuel. It's not like one is dramatically different than the other. I mean, it's like pickup trucks nowadays too. I can go get a Ford or a Chevy or a, a Ram or they're all pickup trucks. They all do the damn, same damn thing. In my opinion, they're all, it's just like, what's your personal preference? Yeah. What do you like sitting in better? But at the end of the day, they're all pretty damn similar. Well, that kind of homogenization is pretty common um, across technology in general right now. Phones, yeah. computers. It's like, it's mostly just preference. You know, it's not like there's, I mean, there is, I guess, mm. A difference between operating systems, but... Tech's different because like an iPhone, you're not buying an iPhone for the quality of of the product. You're buying it really for the ecosystem because it seamlessly integrates with the other products you have. That's Apple, your watch, your computer, and then you have iMessage so you can message with your friends. You have FaceTime. It's just you're buying into this ecosystem that works and it's just a piece of this greater ecosystem that you're buying into. So me... I'm just going to endlessly buy iPhone because I'm so deep into this ecosystem. There's no fucking reason why I would ever need to go look at an Android, even though an Android could potentially be way more capable because it's not that ecosystem. It's more than a tool. Whereas in a, a piece of equipment, I don't, no manufacturer has really done anything like that. It's just, they're all just tools at the end of the mm-hmm. day. And I think, I think if a manufacturer thought bigger, and how can, I, how can I develop a platform in which all other machines play off of? And how can I make my machine play 
very nicely and seamlessly along with other machines and with other technology and this and that, I think you'd dominate, you would, you would open up, you'd open things up way, way beyond where they are right now. Yeah. I mean, I think, well, I mean, where I was going was that the, the hardware in your hand is what has become really similar between pieces. Yes. Like you're saying, like the, the iPhone is really like a key to the thing that makes Apple separate itself. Most people don't buy an iPhone for the capabilities of no. an iPhone. It's, it's just like the, the key and the access to the thing that makes like that technology special. Correct. But and if it, a manufacturer is able to do that, you're great, opening up a new dimension to yeah. equipment. But they all think, they're all, there's just this, like we just talked about in the internal podcast, all the manufacturers have this finite finite mindset. They all need to read conscious capitalism. Yeah. Shit. I mean, it's all this archaic, finite mindset of, we just need to go capture market share. There's only a defined bit of market share. And if we don't have that market share, we need to go kick the shit out of these other companies because they're going to go steal it from us. And it's like, that's just, that's, that's, uh, that's such a flawed and old way of doing business mm-hmm. that you're, they're just setting themselves up for eventually getting lapped by somebody. Like, look at what just happened to all the car manufacturers and Tesla. Tesla's worth 10, Tesla's worth more than the next 10 largest car manufacturers combined. Now, am I saying they're, that, that, that price is justified? Not necessarily, but people think it is, which is why they've bought the share price and driven it up to be that valuable because they've rewritten the rules on this very archaic traditional industry. That's exactly where the heavy equipment industry is at right now. Yep. It is, there's, it's just incremental improvement. And they're just, they're trying to go beat each other up. And they're so focused on, oh, the, those link belts, they suck. Or, oh, oh, oh you have a John Deere excavator. <laughs> I have a cat. It's like, it's all the same. You're all just fighting for this incremental, incremental change. But the world is starting to move a lot faster. And I think there might be someone that comes along and says, I think we can do this way differently. And it becomes the norm one day. Do you, do you think that there's um, anything to like the dirt world going like electric in the way that um, a lot of cars have started to do that? Uh, there, I think there's an application for it. I don't think it's going to be mainstream. I think diesel is just still, a, it's just a better way to go for heavy equipment. Maybe I'm completely wrong on that. At least, my where, Tesla the, example, at least where the technology is at this point. Yeah, but my Tesla example is not, it's not sure, electric. It just it's had just, me what I was thinking Yeah, about. it's just like tackling a very traditional industry with a totally new way of thinking. Yeah. And they've done it. They were told that, that no, you, there's no way in hell you're going to go beat a Ford or a Volkswagen or a Mercedes Benz. Like, are you fucking crazy? They've kind of done it so far. I don't know what the future is going to look like, but you can't really argue. I mean, no matter what you believe about the business, whether it's sustainable or not, or whether you like the product or not, they're still worth what they're worth. Yeah. And maybe it's made up. I don't know. But they're still there. It still proves the point that they came and completely changed, changed the game on a very traditional industry. Yeah. Heavy equipment's no different. And, and heavy equipment's not there yet because the buyer's not there yet. But the buyer is going to have to head in that direction because that's the, where the world is going. Yeah. And so you're saying as the buyer quote unquote, the buyer gets there, the like response to that need is going to pop up at some point. Yeah. Like I've told Kat, if I could have bought my Skidster online, I would have, 
I don't, I don't need to go fill out these old like paper forms and, you know, I, I can just select my options and order the machine online. Yeah. Why can't I buy, why can't I buy that in the same way I would buy custom shoes? Yeah. And like, they give say, give me a bunch of drop downs. Well, no, no, no. We, we, we have an online. I'm like, no, you don't. You don't have, I go to your website. I don't even know what the hell's going on, on your website. I don't want to touch, I don't want to touch a, a dealer website because they're all completely worthless. They don't help me with anything mm-hmm. at all. I have to go look at YouTube videos to find out. YouTube videos made by just some random dude that has a farm and a skid steer showing me how to work different features because the actual videos, the actual website, like it's just so cumbersome and so complex and so worthless. I don't even want to touch it. Yeah. And it's any dealer, any, any, any dealer, any manufacturer. And then not only that, but like we've talked about, Something as simple as, and I know I'm not a day-to-day operator, but I have a good sense of where the industry's headed, where the market's headed, what my generation. We like, we like nicer things, especially when it comes to electronics. So when I get in and there's this garbage radio or this terrible user interface with this ter- terrible user experience, that's a turnoff for me. So if somebody comes along and offers a good machine with a really brilliant user experience, yeah. with a really brilliant buying experience, with, with a really different way to go buy in the first place, like Tesla's done. They eliminated the dealer model. You have to just buy from them. They've changed the game on so many different aspects of it that appeals to not the older generation. Grandpa is not necessarily going to go out and buy himself a Tesla, but that new generation saying, yeah, that's a lot slicker. And that's just a better user experience. And I get in, I get in the car and it's a car, yeah, but there's also so many other features and it can update itself. And there's just a lot more here than a traditional car. Mm-hmm. I, again, I'm not going to go out and buy a Tesla tomorrow. I'm not that interested in what they have going, but it's working. But yeah, certainly plenty of people are interested in that. Yes. Want to be a part of that. And it's just, it's worth, there's some potential here for yeah. heavy equipment. It's so, it's so consumed that the, the dealer's, heavy equipment in general, and I'm speaking just on the broadest terms, it's all built to cater to the status quo right now, to that existing, existing market. There's a much bigger future market coming. Mm-hmm. And it's going to, and, and they buy completely differently. They use products completely differently. They view how equipment should be managed completely differently. Shit's going to change dramatically. Because the world's changing dramatically. It's just a matter of time. It's just a matter of time. Mm -hmm. And maybe I'm totally wrong. Maybe I'm completely wrong. But I don't think I am. Well, it's like all the things you're saying have like direct um, examples in other industries that have like already made these changes. And I've, I've, yeah, exactly. And I'm, I'm looking at all these other industries. I'm like, well, it's happened in all of these other places. So it's just a matter of time. And then, you know, like our radio example the other day, uh, we had one rang, you know, angry guy yeah. saying, fuck you, you don't even know what you're doing, which is correct. I don't. Sure. And like, who the fuck needs a radio? You're paid to go run a piece of equipment, this and that. You know, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. Okay. Yeah. But then I also got tons of messages saying, thank God you said that because yep, yes, the radio in my machine is totally garbage too. And it pisses me off. And I wish someone would create a better radio. Okay. So all these manufacturers are saying, yeah, we're talking, talking to operators and we're really focused on operator comfort. Well, okay. I have a lot of people saying your, your radio suck just across the board. Oh, that seems like a simple fix. Yeah. That's a great point. Well, that was fun. I feel like we got into a couple different things, which is maybe the point. 
have a good conversation. I didn't get the podcast last week. Oh. Yeah, give us a pump. You're ready to go. Oh, we've got a lot to say this week. Sure. Right on. Well, I think that is a uh, Monday episode of Dirt Talk, man. Okay. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Um, if you have questions, any kind of feedback whatsoever, send it to dirttalkabilda.com. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks for the reviews lately on the Apple Podcast yep. app. Very if thankful. You can keep reviewing the podcast. That'd be super sick because it's awesome. Um, we love seeing those reviews, good or bad. We've had some both. We've had both lately, and they're they're honestly both quite helpful. It's it's good to hear. Yeah. So thanks for taking the time to do that. And we uh, with that, we'll see you in the next episode. Stay dirty, everybody.